honestly, you could just, instead of saying, how do you write an elevator pitch? Just tell JetGPT, make me an elevator pitch. Yeah. You, you don't have to look up how to do it anymore. So the amount of people looking that up will be lower in the future, presumably, than before. So that used to be a hot keyword for us. And now it's like, ChatGPT can just do it for you. Why would you need to know how to do it? Yeah. So that, that's, what, that's what my plan for 2024 is. Very few amount of articles that get a lot of traffic and very, very targeted customers. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, well, was, good people. Welcome that to was the awesome, show. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, bad people. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss about copywriting. Today, it's very important to know how to write text that Google want to rank, that people want to read. I'm not sure it's a good idea to ignore anyone. You know, you need to consider bots. You need to consider human beings. Of course, humans first, but without the right optimizing it's tough to get results uh we're going to discuss how to write text for social media and how to use ai because it's not like to go to chat gpt to write a few generic prompts to get results personally i tried a few times to write great text on weight loss accounting and i got it if you don't know the topic you can't do it right you can't get great results you can get some generic results but nothing special and it doesn't work you can't help your audience you can't win uh, results at any social media or uh, google itself i'm so excited to discuss a lot more with neville medora how are you I'm doing great, man. That intro was awesome, by the way. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you did a good job on that. <laughs> I want to confess, it's not me. It's my team. Neil, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm best known for writing. I started one of the first financial blogs online talking about how much money I made. And keep in mind, I was in college, so the numbers weren't crazy. But I was the first one to do it without a pseudonym, so I was using my real name. Nowadays, it's very normal to just go on Twitter and someone's like, I make $20,000 a month. 20 years ago, no one did that. That was, it was a complete generation shift in that time. And I got some notable uh, recognition for nevblog.com. Then I was part of a company called AppSumo and we grew to millions and millions of emails per, per day sending out. And then I was also part of a company called The Hustle, which also sends out roughly 3.5 million emails a day to subscribers and got bought by HubSpot. Um, and so I was lucky to be part of those like rocket ship growth companies, which is kind of cool. And now I run a copywriting course. And so we teach people how to write copy, how to write newsletters. Uh, we do delve into some of the AI stuff because that's obviously a big thing. And uh, yeah, we just basically have a writing company and we either we do writing with you. So if you join, what actually happens is we you could post your copy and writers and myself will go in and update it uh, ourselves. And then we also have office hours where we talk about copy, discuss copy, and basically just optimization in general, how to make all people's side projects better. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, great yeah. experience. Uh, I wanna ask about AI. It's, it's tough to ignore this topic. I spoke with Jeff Coyle, co-founder of Market News, uh, mm -hmm. and he told me, in the future, we will have three companies. The first company will uh, develop AI, the second company will implement AI, and the third company will be obsolete. Who can leave the trade and forget about uh speaking with <laughs> others <laughs> and uh, but you know um, you have this writing background and i spoke with uh, a few great writers and uh i can't say that 
these people can tell that AI is a big help for them, at least today. Uh, of course, it can help to find ideas, to, uh, I don't know, to rephrase something or even to write headlines. But in most cases, people still writing themselves without AI. And uh, uh, when I read some text written by AI, I can feel, you know, I can get this smell, you know, AI written, uh, I mm -hmm. can recognize these words, but if you do yourself, um, yeah, you, you can provide a, a much better job. So let us know your methods, how to use AI in the correct way. I mean, like how to get results uh, to write text uh, and how AI probably can help you to increase speed or quality, anything about that. Yeah, it depends what type of writing you're doing. So of course, someone who's a great writer, who's like a legendary writer and is studying writing for the last 20, 30 years, they're gonna be like, yeah, this doesn't write as good as me. And they're probably correct for now. And so if you're trying to do top notch, best writing in the world, a human still would probably win at the current moment. However, if you're doing supporting content, so let's say you upload this video and you want chapters on it, or you want a description of the video, you can just tell your video editing program, write an AI description and it does it instantly. Now, that is it going to be the best, best description in the world. It'll be 85% good, but it does it instantaneously. So in my case, I'm just like, I'd rather just do the AI thing instead of write this myself. And then what about if you work at a doctor's office and you need to send an email to a pharmacy asking uh, about a prescription or something? All those types of people are actually using ChatGPT to write these emails quite a bit. So when, when you ask a famous writer, like, are you using ChatGPT? They're going to say no. But the point, but most people in the world are going to be like, yeah, there's this thing that writes for me. Of course, I'm just going to do that because most people are not good writers. And so I think when people say like, I don't see people using it, I'm like, I see tons of people using it. People at mid-level positions at mid-level companies are using it in droves and they're depending on it to write their emails, their supporting content, all that type of stuff that most people just don't want to do. So if you're top notch writer, you're competing on Twitter for the eyeballs against Elon Musk and everyone else on in Twitter. Yes, you will have to be like creative and unique and use your human brain. For a lot of people, a lot of the tasks that copywriters used to do are being ticked off. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, people are using it. And like, will it be used for in the future? Obviously, yes. Like, that, that's, not even a, that's not even a question. That's like 20 years ago being like, will everyone be using the internet in a few years? It's like, yeah, they don't right now, but yeah. everyone will be. So I think it's such an obvious answer that everyone's going to be using this. That it's, it's not even a question to me. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it depends, it depends, uh, but uh, in my case... Like I said, it depends on the tier of writing that you're going for. Best writing in the world, yeah. maybe you could do that, but just mid-tier writing, I don't know, AI is probably going to take that. Yeah, I think AI can beat in one side uh, mediocre writers, and uh, today we don't need to pay uh, these writers anymore. And I remember when I started my digital journey, I, I remember I negotiated about the price, five ten dollars for a thousand words on Fiverr. <laughs> so, yeah, I did it. Uh, today, I cooperate with writers who can write for Forbes, investor pay them, and uh, these people don't ask about five ten dollars. <laughs> you know, I, I pay yeah. a lot more, but for me, it's more important quality. It's better to get one article from Forbes writers than uh, ten articles from mediocre writers. Uh, well. You know, I think I think an important thing to look at the AI writing when people say it's not as good. Define what good means. Good is subjective, yeah. right? Let's make it objective. Let's put some actual metrics behind it. What does good writing mean? Good writing means that there's a clear story structure, right? AI can do that. 
good means there's examples given. AI can actually give examples pulled from the web. Now they're kind of generic examples, but as it gets better and better, it could probably give even better examples. So your human brain can actually get, your human experience can give better examples than AI currently. That's currently what you're doing that's like better. And then also uh, telling a story in an interesting way. It's getting better and better at that. Humans are still the best at it, but there's not that many things that define good writing. It's just a few things and AI is picking up very quickly on a lot of these. So a lot of people that are just like, oh, now it's so easy to make uh, content like SEO people. So you have a lot of SEO people that follow you. A lot of people are like, well, content's so cheap to make. Now I can like make a billion articles, but guess what? Everyone else can do the same thing too. Yeah. So now there's going to be a whole new set of problems. Now like everyone can make lots of content. Now it's going to be, What's the really good content? And I don't think most people want AI generated for certain things. For example, if I'm looking for a recipe for how to make scrambled eggs, I don't care if it's AI generated. In fact, I love like Google Bard when it shows the generative AI and just shows me the answer. I like that and I leave. I don't need to click on a website. Um, however, if I'm looking for an experience on like, uh, what's the best way to make $100,000? I would like to hear from a human how they did it. So it just depends what kind of things you're going after if yeah. you're going to use AI a lot or not. Yeah, of course. And uh, when ChatGPT appealed, uh, I use AI before ChatGPT, but when this tool appealed, I spent a lot more time with this tool to think how to adapt to everything that I have. And today we uh, got great results with AI, with AI mm -hmm. written content. And um, for example, I want to share an example uh, from uh, we use AI to edit our press releases and we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, uh, Business Insider, Investing.com uh, and yeah, uh, if CNN can accept this text, it means quality, you know, you can't cheat these people and <laughs> these people know <laughs> how to write great text and uh, yeah, uh, we, we save uh, plus three million dollars a year just to uh, write press releases then uh, to cooperate with PR agencies. We, we paid $6,000 for one press release. Today, Whoa. all my team can do it themselves. Uh, so basically, I can uh, explain how it works. Uh, we, uh, basically, we cooperate with writers who can write great uh, blog posts. Then mm -hmm. we uh, explain them how to write press releases, just to use format, 300, 500 words. Uh, mm -hmm to add bullet points, expert opinion. Uh, then uh, I explain them it's important to uh, bring something new uh, about trending topics uh, and uh, results are great, you know. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not from the first attempt, we failed many times. I don't remember how many times, but probably <laughs> more than a hundred times. Yeah, because I personally wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitched all of them. I got zero mentions, results. Uh, I, and uh, But uh, I was looking for a way how to stop paying such crazy money to PR agencies. I, I respect the, their job. That's okay. You can focus on your, but it's it's a lot. They charge a lot. So when we, we change approaches uh, and today we get much better results than PR agencies can provide to us for this crazy money because mm -hmm. of knowing how it works, because of uh, cooperating with uh, great writers and uh, we use AI, we use AI mm -hmm. to edit. B basically, I can write a bad copy, bad copy with great insights and ask ChatGPT to make this bad copy a great copy. <laughs> so it works mm -hmm. well. Well, also, yeah. if you're reaching out to say someone at CNN, 
what you could do is just prompt it to say, write an email that will be of interest to this particular writer online. And it'll yeah. go research that, find it, and then make it interesting. And you can do that at scale, which a, a writer can't do. And so like these things are getting really good. So it is kind of crazy when some people are like, well, it's not as good. I'm like, yeah, but it's a hundred thousand times faster and you can do it at scale. So that's a very dangerous combination. Uh, ChatGPT is about uh, one year and 40 days old. That's mm -hmm. it. That's how yeah. old ChatGPT is. We are in yeah. the beginning phases. Imagine on year five what it's going to be. Yeah. It's almost difficult to imagine that. Yeah. Uh, it's unpredictable. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I want to ask about uh, copywriting secrets because I named this podcast AI Copywriting Secrets. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure that secrets exist, you know, but I know exists something else. Patience, uh, consistency, uh, value, many different insights. And uh, mm -hmm. I remember a great advice from uh, Stephen King and he told if you want to write great text you need to do two things to write a lot and read a lot you know nothing else mm -hmm. <laughs> if you write and read a lot you can write great text and what I found it's tough to use ChatGPT or any other AI tool if you can't write great text so basically if I ask someone uh, to uh, generate text but these people don't know how to write great text um, it's tough to set up right prompts it's tough to edit these results and the second important thing is to know the topic if you don't know the topic i'm not sure uh, any chatbots can help you so let us know your ai copywriting secrets uh, and yeah. probably what do you think about my insights <laughs> yeah uh, i good insights and i only have two and i think they're the only ones you need i think there's a lot of people that are doing prompt engineering and the problem with that is by the time this podcast is out and someone sees it in two months, it's going to be outdated. And so as ChatGPT is getting better, here's my advice. And this is, it has nothing to do with the prompt. I don't care about prompts. I, I've, I've used them all. It's great if you're trying to do a specific type of thing, but that's my second recommendation. So first recommendation, um, use on my, on my keyboard on my Mac, there's a little button that I could dictate with, right? Mm -hmm. So I push it and it just takes, it's like Siri or anything like that. Uh, you could, there's actually a button for it on ChatGPT. And what you do is just push that button and just start talking. So you just say, I want you to make me a blog post. It should be in the ADA format where like attention, interest, desire, action. At the end, I want them to click to my uh, website, copywritingcourse.com and sign up and use the coupon code, whatever, uh, for 20% off. And then I want them to learn a couple things about copywriting. For example, my top two things are use GPTs and use the voice command and then make up a third one. And then you hit enter and it does it. That's see, I think that's the secret where you just talk it out. Sitting there and typing out instructions is very difficult. Instead, you can ramble. That's the best part about AI. If you were telling this to a human person, they go, oh, wait, 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 stop, stop. But a machine doesn't have to do that. And so I think rambling your instructions on and on and on, and the more, the better, that's how you get really good content. That's how you get really good prompts. So that's personally the way I like to do it. I just ramble and I sit there and I think, I go, yeah, oh yeah, and add this example in. Oh yeah, and the example number two should be something about how Nike got really big. So insert something about Phil Knight in there and, and make the headline like a fun Nike pun. And it, it'll just do it, right? So yeah. that's actually the best way to prompt 
Um, it, it's learning our natural speech, yet whenever we go to in, interact it, we don't use our natural speech, we use our typing. And so that's, that's why I tell people, I'm like, don't type your prompts necessarily, actually speak them out and you'll get better results. That's my first result. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea because we need to use this conversational style as we speak, but um, it doesn't work for, for some niches. For example, mm -hmm. we tried to use it for accounting and uh, mm -hmm. uh, about probably tax, tax, something like this, but I think it depends on depends on so, the niche. So then let me get to my second recommendation. I told you I had two. Okay. The next is GPTs. So I'm sure you're familiar. GPTs where you can give the uh, give ChatGPT instructions, detailed instructions. So, for example, you can tell ChatGPT, "I need a blog post. I need an ADA format." Da, 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 da. But let's say you got to do this a thousand times. Well, now you have to type this in over and over and over. It's kind of annoying. It takes a longer time. Instead, you can make a GPT, and all you have to do is instruct the GPT. And once again, I use my voice. I tell mm -hmm. the thing, I'm like, I run a agency called Unmiss, and we write SEO content for accounting agencies. And I want you to make sure that anytime you say unmiss podcast to capitalize the U and capitalize the M in unmiss, that kind of thing. So then you start ranting out all the things that you wanted to do. And then anytime you click on that GPT, instead of GPT-4, you click on that GPT you just made called like the unmiss blog post maker. You just type in some keywords. You say, make me a blog post about uh, accounting and market cap tables. It'll make that blog post in the way that you format it, in the specified length, like 2,000 words, these examples, whatever. It'll do all that for you. And so GPTs is a great way to clone your work. So the way I actually use GPTs is sometimes when I'm making images, I use my iPad to sketch. But sometimes it takes a long time to make all these. So I don't have time to do it while I'm writing. So what I do is I have a thing called Stick Sketcher, which makes stick figure images for me. And I've already made the GPT. I said, draw stick figures, only black and white, make them look hand-drawn, make them look very simplistic. They're not supposed to look realistic. They're supposed to look like a fifth grader drew them with a crayon. And this is what really what I put in there. And anytime I say, make me an image of a guy drinking from a water bottle, it'll just draw out a stick figure image of a guy from a water bottle. Whereas if you prompt uh, Dali to do that on its own, it would make a very realistic image, which I don't want. And so these GPTs are going to be the way that a company like yours uh, makes content over and over and over with the same guidelines without messing up. So yeah. those are my main two. Speak to the, instead of prompting by typing, speak to it. And then the second one is use GPTs for repetitive work. It, it, yeah. It's crazy good. Nice, nice. Valuable, valuable. Uh, I want to ask about uh, prompt engineering. You mentioned about it's like a new occupation. And uh, mm -hmm. I can see people with great experience can charge a lot for having the skills uh, mm -hmm. and according to data, even 300K, you know, uh, people can ask, you know, to write great mm -hmm. prompts uh, and probably to edit as well. Uh, and um, can you tell how to uh, become prompt engineer, uh, how to learn and get the skills uh, because it's a new occupation, but people uh, can ask today about good money, you know, to work on this niche and uh, tell uh, your tips uh, for companies who can hire such specialists uh, to make a good choice because most companies, according to data, uh, plus, uh, I don't remember exactly the number, but more than 50% of time uh, make their own choice to hire specialists. So, 
tips about finding and getting the skills? Yeah, actually, the best way to be good at prompt engineers is to be good at writing. So I actually talked to Jason Cohen and he runs WP Engine. He actually started two unicorn companies. Mm -hmm. Very smart guy, very engineering-based guy. I talked to Darmesh at HubSpot about this. Uh, we had some dinner with some friends and we talked about this kind of stuff. And I talked to uh, Paul Yakubian, who runs Copy AI, the CEO of that. He's one of the first people to come out with an AI tool based off of OpenAI when it was GPT-2. And so all of them have the same conclusion that people who are very good at writing are people who are very good at prompt engineering. So mm -hmm. if you know how to write, what's actually going on? When I say Anatoly, do you know how to write? What's that saying is you're taking a lot of information, putting it in order and distilling it out of your mouth in a way that everyone can understand. And similarly, we have to do that with a computer. And so people who are very good at writing can be very good prompt engineers. But I do think that over time, um, it's going to become a little bit like Excel, where everyone will be able to use Excel, like Microsoft Excel, a little bit. But then there's going to be some people who are like masters, right? And so I think prompt engineering is going to be much like that. Everyone will be able to use it to some degree to make content. It's already super easy. Um, but what I do think is going to happen is like the voice thing will be big, where you just talk to it and you just interact with it by voice and it understands what you mean. And so that's the way. And the other thing with, with prompt engineering is <clears throat> figuring out what you want to do, right? What is the end goal? Like if I, I get hire a prompt engineer, but what use is it? However, if I run an SEO agency like you do um, or, or, or in that SEO world and I need to make 10,000 articles about something, I need someone who knows how to write SEO uh, SEO articles correctly. And so you have to say like, what am I trying to do and work backwards from there before prompting? And I think that's kind of the key, understanding what the end goal is rather than just say, I'm going to get good at rough prompt engineering, just general prompt engineering. I think like, what's the goal trying to be solved? And then I work back from there and figure out how to write prompts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. And uh, uh, I like to create a lot of content at scale, but it's in most cases programmatic pages. It's like uh, to use automation, to add data numbers, but I have no idea how to write 10,000 articles, <laughs> even with AI. Well, well let me not... let me ask you let me ask you a question over here. Yeah. So you you in, in the SEO world, you you get hired by is my understanding that you get hired by companies to write yeah. articles for them or write. Uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, it depends on clients. In most cases, I don't help with uh, creating content. But mm -hmm. for some big clients, big projects, good money, I can help. For me, it's tough to find great writers. It's not like to go to Upwork or Fiverr. I tried and it doesn't work. I, I can't find great writers. And I found uh, most great writers are not looking for a job. Uh, no, they, they already have jobs. their own business. <laughs> yeah. They have their own business or they already have big clients. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I spent time uh, on Google. So um, I, I can share our secrets, how we can do it right. Uh, and it works well. Uh, basically, we use uh, Google to find blogs um, in specific niches. Uh, all mm -hmm. blogs, I mean, like all uh, great blogs have offers on their articles. Then we uh, check their content um, mm -hmm. and analyze if offers have SEO traffic. So if offers can't get organic reach, we don't reach out to these people. But if we see that offers deserve traffic uh, with their articles, that means this offer knows how to write. We don't need to explain. We don't need to teach. We know these offers know how to write text that Google can rank. Then uh, we search for 
uh, email of these offers. M- many great tools can help you with that. And reach out to them and uh, ask about uh, cooperation. From uh, thousand requests, our emails are only like a few people can cooperate like two three people it's enough we don't need more you know uh, mm-hmm. if you we search like for 300 people uh, and get uh, 10 people on board mm-hmm. it's a lot mm-hmm. more than even big projects need you know even including hubspot and others they usually post one article a day so uh, and when we find these people um, who are not looking for a jobs but can charge uh, great price good price that's okay if people deserve if they know how to write yeah we cooperate with them and to uh find all those people and create the process it takes like three months minimum mm. you know it's not like to do it for one day but after three months when you have the process when you cooperate with these people you can get great results great content yeah it works for us yeah, let me ask you about your 2024 plans then. So I've actually, for the last 20 years, all of my businesses have relied heavily on SEO. Mm-hmm. And in the last five years, it started going down a little bit in terms of started paying more attention to social yeah. media. So that's Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, Instagram, all these types of things. I've had more people reach out and buy from YouTube, from Instagram, yeah. rather than just SEO articles. In fact, very few people say like, oh, I found you. On the, on the search results. They say, I found your videos. I found this. They, they found it on a social media platform. And so that used to be flip-flop. It used to be everyone found you through SEO. That was like the big one. And SEO, social media was like down here. So I still think SEO is big. I don't think SEO is going anywhere. I just think it's changing massively. And so one of the, one of the things I started thinking of in 2024, one of my goals is instead of trying to rank for hundreds of articles, I'm going to rank for between three and five. That's it. I think that's, that's my goal. I'm going to try to rank for three mm-hmm. to five articles. And the reason is it used to be, it used, there used to be uh, an article called what is copywriting? Is that what dash is copywriting? Yeah. So like SEO article, and that was the big keyword. But now if you type in what is copywriting on Google, Google actually answers the question generatively. Uh, and, yeah. and it answers it quite well, actually. It, it's pretty yeah. good. It gives you the answer pretty quick. And then, of course, there is some articles below it that you can click. Um, but I've noticed that the amount of traffic that one would get is vastly, vastly down because people are just getting the answer by generative text. And so, and also, what I notice is people just generally interested in that keyword are not exactly high target. Those people aren't buying from me. Now, if someone types in free copywriting course, that means they're looking for a copywriting course, maybe I could sell them. That's the kind of word I wanna go after. Um, Or some of these articles, I'm actually including some sort of software in there. Um, For example, I have a death calculator. It has nothing to do with copywriting. It's just a fun experiment. And the death calculator has actual data that I've made into a calculator. You can enter your age and it'll tell you approximately how long you have to live based on US census data. And People like using that, and that's something you can't get on a typical just article on the web, like on Medium. This is something you have to go to my webpage for and interact with. That is actually doing really well. And so my thought for 2024 is I'm going to have a few, just three to five articles and slash generators, perhaps have a generator component to it that I'm going to rank for, and that's it. And my plan five, 10 years ago was have hundreds of articles. As you know, like it, it's changed quite a bit. So it used to be like this whole back catalog of articles that I had. Now all of that, it's, it's just scrapped basically. Like the, the, the effectiveness is very, very little. 
um, for someone, for a smaller company like mine to maintain all those and be good enough to compete with every single person out there trying to compete on those. So I'm only going after keywords that bring me in a lot of money and just a few that I can maintain really well and have an edge against any sort of AI writing. Because a lot of those other ones, like I had one like how to make an elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. And now, like, honestly, you could just, instead of saying, how do you write an elevator pitch? You just tell JetGPT, make me an elevator pitch. Yeah, You, you yeah. don't have to look up how to do it anymore. So the amount of people looking that up will be lower in the future, presumably, uh, than before. So that used to be a hot keyword for us. And now it's like, ChatGPT can just do it for you. Why would you need to know how to do it? Yeah. So that, that's, what, that's what my plan for 2024 is. Very few amount of articles um, that get a lot of traffic and very, very targeted customers. Um, yeah, I think uh, we have the strategy from Brian Dean who can post uh -huh. like, uh, he posted on Backlinko before mm -hmm. Sam Rush bought this blog. He used the same strategy, but I'm not a big fan of the strategy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, let, let me explain. What, what, is, I, what, is your, what is your spin on it? Uh, you know, from my perspective, it's tough to rank three, five pages. It's so tough. And uh, because you can create even the best content, you can craft great content, collect data, spend time, but nobody knows how Google will decide it's great content or not. And we mm -hmm. often see such issue when you have, okay, uh, I can think, that it's the best content, but it's my opinion. I'm biased on that. Uh, you can ask mm -hmm. other experts their opinions. And sometimes uh, we change a lot. Uh, I mean, like uh, we craft a lot, spend time, but Google doesn't care, doesn't rank this content. And I remember when we updated one uh, page that got a lot of traffic, uh, re uh, you know, uh, According to HRFs, uh, the traffic costs like 100K dollars. It's, it's a lot. But we decided to rank much higher from position uh, five to position at least uh, three, uh, one, three. And Google just ranked this page after updating, improving, and we, we couldn't get it back. Uh, mm -hmm. And we uh, spent a lot more time to craft this content we collected data we updated but i don't i have no idea why google or this algorithm can decide which content is better uh, our opinion was this content is much better than the previous but google decided another way and i see this issue often when uh, uh, companies can create a few pages great content but uh, uh, we are not alone we have other companies that can uh, create their content. We have other algorithms, branding, uh, I don't know, uh, social proof, anything. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's better to create many pages. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like consistency. Uh, and when you create like, let's imagine a hundred pages, then um, it helps to rank a few of them, even like, if you rank five, 10 pages, you, uh, after creating a hundred great pages, uh, it helps to, uh, rank this five, 10 pages because even Neil Patel said on my podcast that he doesn't get results with most of his pages. He always mm -hmm. spends time to create great content, but, uh, only some pages can rank well. And, uh, it helps with topical authority. If you create 
many great pages you can interlink between them and it helps google to recognize that you know this topic you can get great results i think branding is uh, the strategy it's not popular today because uh, uh, he spent like 20 percent of time to craft this content and 80 percent of time with uh uh, creating brand awareness with link building to uh, deserve authority and he can stand out from the rest i mean like uh but in most cases it's tough um, branding could deserve these backlinks you know a lot of them and spend time to get these backlinks uh, to in, to convince google you know to rank his pages of course content is great but uh because of authority he got this authority uh, everyone knows him uh, and uh, but it doesn't work for most projects uh, mm -hmm. but if you create 100 pages uh, you can get topical authority you can interlink them and you can increase the chance uh, to get uh, i i don't want to say that you need to create thousand pages and of mm -hmm. course it's important to create quality but not like three five pages for me it's not enough um, mm. to get results and i see it's often <laughs> well well we have we actually have developed so if you type in copywriting on ahrefs mm -hmm. Okay. We'll come up with a list of, let's say, 100 words, right? Before the, 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 the size starts getting too small. We have made articles on all of those already. And so we already have those. The problem is, oh, and they used to all rank a lot. We used to get about 450,000 organic a month or so. And mm -hmm. what we noticed when uh, some of those would go down, nothing would happen. Just the, the, the quality of the people coming in for some of those like ancillary words was not very good. However, for very specific words, those brought in all the revenue, all the signups and the best people. So mm -hmm. I'm just going for those now and not spending cool. time on those other ones. Um, the other ones, also there was like terms like how to write a clincher sentence that like it brought us in a lot of traffic, thousands a month, but it's like that kind of thing, I think is just going out the window a little bit more. That's library content. I, I, th I think, it, I don't know if it's well known, it's called library content, where it's just like, what is X? And you know, insert whatever thing. And I think the AI will be able to answer that really, really, really well in a few years so well that I don't even think I'm going to spend time answering those unless I have some very specific angle at it. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it as a way to just get like random people who are typing in how to write a clincher sentence uh, to, to buy copyright course. That just doesn't seem correct. Instead, I'm going to spend more of my time doing podcasts like this, um, doing social media content and then just smaller form content. And I would use that as the test bed to write a lot and the things that hit, I will make longer form. So I think that's the that's the way I'm going into 2024 in terms of my content strategy. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say that something is wrong or right. That's okay. Yeah, and I see it could be wrong. <laughs> it could yeah, be totally could be, wrong. Yeah, could, could be wrong. Could be right. It, it depends, you know. And uh, but uh, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned about uh, SEO. I mean, like about the future. Uh, so I think my prediction. Uh, it's not popular opinion. I, I still see when people can say SEO is never that. Everything has the end. Everything, including SEO. And um, uh, Google, of course, it's a big company, can switch attention to change a lot of approaches. But when ChatGPT appealed for, I don't know, how many months, like uh, plus a year, yeah? And um, what we can see today, 12% uh, of people use chatbots, including me, to search for information online because chatbots can help a lot. ChatGPT, Bart, many other chatbots. Uh, when I ask my son to search something on Google, he uses TikTok. 
he doesn't know anything about Google. <laughs> he doesn't care about Google. So, uh, and um, we see, you know, uh, we see that uh, uh, probably SEO is strong today. It's strong. It takes time to change habits. But uh, many things are coming. Augmented reality, uh, chatbots, it's popular. And um, if we uh, see uh, uh, this popular 10 blue links on Google, uh, compared to, for example, uh, Amazon. Amazon found one thing. People, customers, don't read more than three reviews of products. And what Amazon decided to do, to create uh, AI review summary. So AI can uh, learn all reviews and give summary because people don't read more than three reviews. 90% don't read more than 10 reviews. Uh, it takes time to find some information on Google. For example, if you search, okay, Google can help much better than any other existing products. Before... AI appealed. And today, uh, 10 blue links, it takes time to find your information. But on chatbot, you can get specific answer to your specific question. And uh, I see a lot such things. And I think SEO will be changed a lot. Uh, many things will come. Uh, and we need to adapt. And for me, if I, uh, I'm good with writing and want to develop mm -hmm. this format, I think it's better to think more about creating brand awareness, strong brand recognition, like New York Times, like Forbes, because all this media appeal before digital. They adapt to digital, they will adapt to any other format. And if I take a new book, I can read the book. I don't care about specific information because I like to read specific book. Uh, and uh, today it's important to write text that people want to consume. And if they like it, it, it creates this feeling, greedy, I want more. I want to uh, read more text. I, I want to get it. And uh, of course, it's important to write such text uh, to have this experience because today AI can't. But in the future, if we think about search to get organic reach, it's important to have brand awareness when people will want to get your text, you know, to get results. So for me, creating brand awareness is a must have today. It's my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's always been the best. Branded searches on SEO. So if someone types in email marketing course or something, yeah. but if they type in unmiss email marketing course, that's a really good thing. So I think that, I think that's even more important today. That's why I'm thinking social media, I think in just the recent years has really increased in, in, in importance. It used to be nothing. It was, it was like a joke. Um, yeah. It's not a joke now. So I think like people spend like all their time posting on LinkedIn, posting on Twitter, and it actually does create a lot of connections and that's how people discover them. Um, more so I'm seeing than SEO lately, at least at least personally and with a lot of clients. Yeah, nice. And Neville, I, I have two questions to you. You know, yeah. I, I, by the way, I have a lot more questions, but uh, guys, if you want to learn more from Neville, you can follow on social media. I'll submit all links in the description so you can follow because... Yeah. <laughs> It's important uh, in digital marketing to adapt fast. I do it all the time. And uh, if something works today, it doesn't mean it works tomorrow. We need to adapt mm -hmm. to, uh, to learn uh, how to do it right. And uh, But I still have two questions uh, about your experience. Um, and I want to ask, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, you didn't write any words, of course. Yeah, you, you wrote some text uh, on school, you know, but you didn't create content for uh, blogs, for social media. Just it's your first day. What will you do if you started from scratch? 
I would probably get on one of these social platforms to follow people that I like and admire and just mm -hmm. interact with them because now you can interact directly with them before you used to just read about people. Now, like Elon Musk can just say something on social media and you can reply and maybe he would reply. I think that would be my number one way of getting to know people and interact with them that are not in my local area. Uh, the other thing is if you do have a chance to go to a city like San Francisco or something like that, if you're in tech, uh, San Francisco is the place to be. If you're, if you're trying to get into acting, then LA or Hollywood would be the place to be. That's another big thing. But one of the things I would probably start doing right now is just publishing online if you want to get good at SEO, writing, all that kind of stuff, and just do it. The stakes are so low and it's so easy. Now, the thing is, it's more crowded, and but the thing is, it's just good to develop a daily writing habit to post somewhere. And what happens is you start seeing like, oh, that post did bad, that post did good. Oh, I met this person in real life. So I would treat social media as like a networking tool. Um, actually, the place I do that is X Twitter is where I meet the most amount of people. I've hosted parties at my house where I say all the people I follow, like I'll invite you to my house. I've done that. And those in-person connections are what's valuable, not necessarily the Twitter following. But as you grow an audience, one thing I've noticed is even if the audience is bullshit, right? Like let's say you, you grew a YouTube channel 10 years ago and it has 100,000 subscribers, but no one watches it. Even just having that 100,000 subscribers says something about you. And I've noticed people say yes to things a lot more by just having some sort of following. And so that, that is kind of like a form of networking that ha that didn't exist when I was younger and I wish it did. And, and now that I've posted more and more on Twitter, on these platforms, most of my best friends are from these platforms. That almost yeah. all of my friends are, I met through my blog back in the day. And now a lot of my friends I follow on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's this whole world of that. And like the goal is not to necessarily get a lot of followers, but rather meet these people in person is, is yeah. the way I would do it. And meet, the, the in-person uh, interactions are where you get the real stuff. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they post stuff on Twitter, but then when you talk to them in real life, there's like some other stuff going on. Yeah, I, I love it, love it. I think uh, yeah. uh, for me, uh, of course, uh, it's my opinion, but uh, I see it's a big mistake to uh, chase the number of followers or, or subscribers. Today, mm -hmm. uh, for example, on YouTube, if, if I search something uh, or get recommendations, I get recommendations from channels that I like to watch because Google, YouTube can recognize my intent. YouTube knows mm -hmm. my interest and um, I don't need to subscribe, uh, but YouTube can know that I like content from this channel. Um, mm -hmm. And I see if I subscribe and don't care about content, YouTube will never recommend this content. And it's the same with LinkedIn, it's the same with TikTok, at any place. Uh, so you need to create content that people want to consume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it will be great if you create such content. Uh, then people will get back. So, um, and uh, um, I want to ask my final question. Yeah. <laughs> about prediction in five, 10 years, you know, we discussed about 2020. To uh, for uh, but uh, your prediction about the future because uh, Apple is going to launch augmented reality. This headset, it's it's coming soon. I don't know how it will change our environment, and um, I think it doesn't matter what future will be. We need to adapt fast, but uh, we need to know what to learn. And I remember when Bill Gates uh, five years ago said, "You need to learn about AI." He he uh, said to anyone, "If you wanna." grow you need to start learning about ai and today 
all companies can use, all people can use AI. And uh, if we knew uh, five years ago, I think it will be great. So your prediction about future in five, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it, dep it depends. If you're trying to do an internet business, there's, there's one thing that will always make it better. And that's being relatively technical savvy or linking up with someone who is technically savvy. There, there, there's many ways to answer this question, but what I've noticed is that the people that are never poor are full stack engineers. <laughs> they mm -hmm. do not have trouble finding jobs. I don't know if you ever saw that show Silicon Valley, but one of their engineers quit and the next day he had like all these gifts being sent to him by recruiters. That is true. A really good engineer can get hired anywhere at any time for any amount of money. Um, it's unbelievable. That's probably the most employable person in the world. Um, now, you have to be quite actually intellectually gifted for that kind of thing. Not everyone can do that. I mean, it's, they are high IQ people generally, and not everyone is that. And so from there, being technically savvy on certain things puts you light years ahead. When I was younger, I was good at making web pages. Now it's very easy, but back then it was very hard. It was really, yeah. really difficult to do it. And because I had that skill, I could outrun all these other people that just didn't know how to do it. They, could, they couldn't figure it out, but I figured it out. And so I was able to grow a business based off that. And so I'd say having savvy, having skill sets is very, very useful. So even if you can make content and just record something with your phone, that's nice. But then people who are able to get a team or have better setups, um, good quality, have systems around that tend to win in the long run. It doesn't really matter about the quality all the time, but if you look at the top YouTube creators, they have really good quality, right? Uh, so being, being more technically savvy, being a little bit more artistic about it, um, knowing how to get distribution is a big thing. There's a lot of creators out there uh, that just don't know how to market very well. And so I think that con that uh, being technically savvy and knowing some marketing is probably the most deadly combination. But, but I think being technically savvy on new things is very helpful. And a lot of people that do programming, they can usually figure these things out easily. So they have more opportunities to work on things that other people can't. So right now, um, I can't be a C++ programmer. That's just, that's just a job because I don't really know how to write code anymore. That's just a job level that's beyond my recognition, right? Whereas someone who is very good at that has that as an option. And so I just think being technically savvy at all the different types of uh, softwares and things like that out there is very helpful. And it's easier than ever nowadays because most of these are just platforms. Like to use Webflow to develop web pages is not that hard. You don't need to be a programmer. Back in the day, you used to have to be a programmer. So a lot of these things aren't that hard. They just take a little bit of skill and design. I think you can learn any of these things in like three weeks. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. YouTube you, is you, your friend. You, <laughs> you can learn, but practice is a different beast. <laughs> you, can, you can learn everything. Even I learned PR for, a few, for two days, yeah. Today I spent to learn PR, but in practice I got it. I didn't learn PR. <laughs> I, yeah, I spent well, a lot. Here's yeah. here's another thing. I think um, uh, I've had, this is good advice. Instead of thinking of something as a business, think of it as an experiment. Say like I'm going to try to get PR and reach a thousand people by doing PR, and you do it as an experiment. It's not a business. I think if you do a business, then you start like getting too deep into it, trying to make a plan. Instead, say I'm going to do a fun experiment. I have one week. Let's see what I can do. And you do those a lot, especially when you're young. Just do a lot. Who cares? They, they, they fail. They succeed. Like it doesn't matter. It's just an experiment. And I think experimenting like that will teach you more than anything out there, and it'll force you to learn certain things. Like if you need to make a web page, all of a sudden for your PR stunt, you're like, well, how the hell do I make a web page? And you're forced to learn how to do that, or find someone that can do it for you. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Love it, love it. Yeah. So valuable, Neville. It's a big pleasure to get in my show. Thank you so much for having me on again. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, big pleasure. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. I mean, number one way, copywritingcourse.com slash join. You can talk to me every single week. We have office hours and have, we have a very busy forum in there. We actually optimize all your stuff with you. And then also follow me on x, uh, twitter.com slash nevmed and sign up for my email newsletter, copywritingcourse.com slash newsletter. And every Friday we send out the swipes email, super popular. That's what everyone loves. So if you do anything, at least sign up for that. So thanks for having me on, man. Okay, nice, nice guys. You can find links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, yeah, thanks again for, for your time. Uh, I recommend to anyone to take this course, copywritingcourse.com, so you can learn a lot more. Stay in touch with Neville because you can see a lot of value. I recommend to follow because I follow. It's important for me to get new valuable insights. And I think if you want to become a much better marketer, you need to do it. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.